Hey everyone, and welcome back to an all new, brand new episode of Unknown Serial Killer. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. Grab a seat, grab a drink, and get comfy as we enter the minds of these serial killers. If you have not have listened to any of the episodes in any of the seasons, please go get caught up now because you do not want to miss any of them because they're just that great. Because I'm here to give you your daily unknown serial killer fix. As always, viewer's discretion is advised because we are talking about murder, violence, and possible drug use, but of course murder and violence because that's what we're here for. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. We're going to be talking about Ramon Escobar. No relations to Pablo, I'm pretty sure. But just let's get right into it. Ramon Escobar was born June 5th, 1971 in El Salvador, where he spent his childhood in youth and poverty as a result of the football war. In the mid-1980s, Escobar illegally immigrated to the United States, but was arrested in early 1988 and then after deported by ICE officers in February of that year. In the early 1990s, he returned to the U.S. again, settling in the home of some relatives in Houston. From 1992 until his arrest in 2018, Escobar was repeatedly arrested on charges ranging from burglary, assault, and criminal trespassing. From 1995 to 2000, he was incarcerated in a Texas prison for theft before being deported back to El Salvador. The following year, he once again returned, but was rearrested in November for a minor offense and illegal entry, for which he was convicted and sentenced to 23 months imprisonment. While serving his sentence, Escobar was diagnosed with schizophrenic and transferred to Harris County Psychiatric Center, where he remained for several months. In total, from the period of 1997 to 2011, Escobar was deported from the United States a total of six times. In 2012, Escobar made another attempt to enter to enter the USA, was caught by border security in Bronzeville. While the county jail, while in the county jail, he began to show signs of mental instability, due to which he was interned at a psychiatric hospital in Springfield, Missouri. After the treatment was complete, Escobar was extradited to Brownsville and put on trial. In October 2013, he was convicted and sentenced to two years imprisonment. After serving the sentence, he was deported yet again, but returned soon after. Upon re-entering, Escobar appealed his immigration case and applied for the political asylum, which subsequently granted him permanent residency in January 2017. He then moved into his uncle's and aunt's house in Houston, where he found work as a day laborer, but occasionally supplemented his income with petty theft. In November 2017 and February 2018, he was arrested twice more for trespassing and theft, but was not brought to trial and got away with paying a fine. Despite his repeated criminal behavior, Escobar was not known as a violent individual, and most of his friends and acquaintances spoke positively of him. Now here's where we get to the good stuff. The murders began on August 26, 2018, when Escobar beat to death his 65-year-old uncle, Orgello, with a police baton at his house in Houston. After he murdered, after the murder, he did not take measures to cover up the crime, but only dispose of his uncle's corpse. He then left Roger Lowe's backpack, shoes, and shirt on the porch of the house, which arose the suspicion of his aunt, 60-year-old Dina. Two days later, she started searching for her brother, but before the trip, Escobar snuck inside her minivan, 
During a car stop in a suburb of Houston, he attacked Dina and subsequently strangled her. Following the murders, Escobar dumped his relatives' bodies in two separate dumpsters with their skeletal remains being found two months later in the landfill. He then stole his aunt's van and traveled to Gulfstone, where he left it by a beach and set it on fire to cover up his crimes. Several acquaintances of Roger Lowe and Dina Escobar contacted the police after their disappearances, as a result of which Ramon was detained and interrogated on August 30th. However, as authorities had no evidence to charge him with any crime at the time he was released. Soon after, Escobar fled the state and drove with his 2400 CRV to California. Over the few weeks, he lived in various homeless encampments around Los Angeles, blending in with local transients and drifters. So he just kindly, ever so nicely, just killed his aunt and uncle who, who took him in when he had nowhere to go. It'd be your own family. In the early hours of September 8th, Escobar attacked another homeless man while he was asleep, sleeping on a beach in Santa Monica. Despite being repeatedly beaten with a baseball bat and sustaining severe head injuries, the victim survived the assault. Two days later, Escobar attacked another homeless man, 51-year-old Juan Antonio Ramirez, who also suffered a head injury. However, unlike the previous victim, Ramirez fell into a coma and subsequently succumbed to the assault in January 2021. During the early morning hours of September 16th, Escobar attacked three sleeping homeless men in downtown Los Angeles with his baseball bat robbing them afterwards. Two of the men, 24-year-old Brandon Riddout and 59-year-old Calvin Williams, died, while the third victim, 23-year-old Tavon Harmon, survived. At the time of the murders, Escobar was recorded by a CCTV of a nearby building, which enabled law enforcement to make a facial composite of him. In it, the then unknown assailant was described as a white or Hispanic man in his 30s or 40s, of average build and height, and with medium length black hair. On notable notable features was that he apparently had noticeably gout due to curvature of his legs. On September 20th, Escobar carried out another attack on the Santa Monica Pier during which he beat to death 39-year-old Stephen R. Cruz Jr. Unlike previous victims, Cruz was not homeless and lived with his parents in San Gabriel. According to family members, he had gone to Santa Monica to fish and had apparently decided to spend the night there. In the aftermath of the murder, police were unable to locate any witnesses to the crime. Four days later, Escobar attacked 63-year-old George Martinez on a street in downtown Los Angeles, beating him on the head with the baseball bat. The incident has several witnesses who reported it to the police, resulting in Martinez being driven to a local hospital. However, he slipped into a coma and was succumbed to his injuries on September 30th. Mere minutes after the assault on Martinez, Escobar was caught by police officers. After his arrest, police searched the interior of his car where they found the baseball bat and a pair of bolt cutters. As Escobar heavily resembled the facial composite of the man wanted in other murders, he was subsequently named the prime suspect. Not long after, investigators from Houston also announced that he was suspected in the murder of his uncle and aunt, who remains has been found in a landfill outside the city. In early October, the Los Angeles County District Attorney Office charged Escobar with four counts of murder, five counts of attempted murder, and four counts of robbery. 
Further investigations revealed that he was responsible for many other attacks with his victims suffering from various degrees of injuries. They were the following. Albert Jean Scott on September 11th, unlike other victims, he was not homeless. Michelle Matisse on the outskirts of MacArthur Park on September 15th. Taylor Renard and David Dodson in Griffith Park on September 19th. On November 8th, Escobar was formally charged with the murders and the remaining charges to which he pleaded not guilty. In December 2018, Escobar, who was detained at the Los Angeles County Jail, was visited by investigators from the Houston Homicide Unit. During his conversation with them, Escobar confessed to killing his aunt and uncle and described that described what had transpired. As a result, he was subsequently charged with their murders as well. In mid-2019, Escobar's attorney filed a motion for a psychiatric evaluation, which the court granted. In September, the minor son of Cruz filed a lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles, citing negligence regarding his father's death. On October 17th of that year, the results concluded that he was sane and thus eligible to stand trial. Due to several delays caused by COVID-19 pandemic, Escobar's trial was delayed until earlier 2022. During said trial, he was offered a plea deal from the attorney's office. In exchange for the state dropping the death penalty, he would plead guilty to all charges and be sentenced to several life terms without parole instead. Escobar accepted, and on May 6, 2022, his sentence was subsequently handed down. Escobar claimed that he had committed the killings out of personal animosity, and financial hardship when pressed for a motive. When it came to the murder of his uncle, he claimed it was the result of an argument during which Rogelio belittled him for his lifestyle and choices in life. So there you have it. He is convicted of seven murders. In Texas, he got life imprisonment without parole. And in California, he also got life imprisonment without parole. So he's basically never going to get out of jail. And this is just how his life ended. Thank you guys for joining me this week. I hope you guys come back and join me again next week where we uncover another unknown serial killer. And remember, guys, be nice to people because you never know who they killed. See you guys next week.